Walk like a man, even though you walk alone. One of the first secrets, probably the first secret of success, is to have the courage to stand on your own feet. Somebody asked me one time what was the best yoga posture. I was teaching yoga postures in uh, the Bay, uh, San Francisco Bay Area at the time. I said the most important posture you can assume is that one which gets you to stand on your own two feet. And in fact, that's the, the teaching of uh, all the higher spiritual philosophy, not to depend on anything outside yourself, but to learn to stand four square on your own inner strength. That does not mean to assume an attitude of arrogance or uh, uh, closedness to other people or to be stubborn or unable to listen to other points of view. But you have to realize that where your life is concerned, finally, the buck has to stop there. You can't be blaming other people. And so you have to learn to decide for yourself what you're going to do and then walk in that direction. And don't wait to see what other people think you ought to be doing. I know that I'm flying directly in the face of orthodox so-called wisdom when I talk like this, because they say that to succeed, what you need to do is sound out the market, find out what people want, and then give them that. It's almost, in my mind, like the, the uh, salesman in a clothing store who said, oh, you want a green suit? Come over here under the green light. But, uh, of course, it's not quite that, because what uh, the market wisdom is, is that you then make a green suit because the customers want it. That's one way to look at it, and it's one way to make money. I won't deny it. But what I'd like to say is that success means a great deal more than making money. Success means finally becoming a success as a human being. After all, we make money in order to help us to get things that we want that we think are going to make us happy. Therefore, the bottom line is our own fulfillment. The bottom line is, is our own happiness. It's achieving what we want to become in the process of uh, attaining success, whether in business or in music or in writing or whatever field we enter. If you will read the lives of famous people, I think you'll find that the one thread that runs through all of them virtually, those who became great, not just famous, is that they weren't that interested in money. They weren't that interested in fame. What they were interested in doing was doing that which they felt inwardly impelled to do. Now that's the kind of success I'm talking about, and perhaps I should have defined it from the start, and yet the song did it for me too, didn't it? That if you want to have that kind of success that really comes from your inner being, then don't live vicariously off the opinions of other people. And if even everybody is against what you feel like doing, if you feel it's right, then go for it. Now, if it's something that you can't make a living at, then you can make it, uh, you can do it in your spare time. Uh, if, however, you, you fail in being able to produce that which you set your mind to produce, don't think of even that as failure. 
Keep trying again. Yes, that's one way to do it. You know, there's another, I just, because I thought of it right now, I'd like to touch on it. Something that my mother said, and I've read it elsewhere, so it's not as if it was uh, her own idea, but a very interesting statement was that, uh, that she said was, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. And my understanding of that saying is that if you really love to play the violin, then don't worry that you're not a Yasha Heifetz. The joy of playing the violin is its own success. It's worth doing badly even because of the joy that it gives you. Do your best, but if that best is still not, not uh, going to make you shine before the eyes of others, at least it will be your success. Now, success means to be able to grow from what you are doing. Your growth is the important thing. If in the process you find that other people want what you have, you'll have a lot of fun doing it anyway, and very nice. But if they don't, it doesn't really matter. I've often thought that a Mozart, who nowadays would be looked upon as the great successes in music, wouldn't he? And yet while he was alive, he was not that well known. I'll never forget some uh, a story about him, about his music publisher who told him one day that he ought to learn to write the kind of music that was popular, that more people wanted. He said, otherwise you'll starve. Mozart said, in that case, I guess I'll just have to starve because I, had, I can't do other than write the music God gives me. So people looking back at his life and realizing how little fame, how little recognition he had during his lifetime, they think, what a pity. And yet, I think that maybe it was a very good thing. For one thing, the, the joy of writing great music is sufficient in itself. You don't need other people to say it's great to make it a joy for you in writing it. Secondly, once people start saying this is great, they tend to box you in and want you make you, they want to make you keep writing exactly the same stuff. Where Mozart, being free, could always write from his own inner spirit. And another thought that I, I've had on that subject is that one day, many years ago, somebody uh, reported to me that some visitor um, to the place where I live, Ananda, had given very high praise to my writing style in the books that I wrote. And it isn't as if I really took that personally. And yet I noticed that I took it this much personally that the next day when I sat down to write, my first thought was, well, I, I mustn't disappoint my readers. And, you know, as long as I had that thought, I couldn't write. Suddenly I realized what a fool I was making of myself. I had tried some 50 ways of casting a sentence. None of them seemed to go right. Finally, I just laughed at myself. And I said, all right, now let, let's let the inspiration flow. I said, God, what do you want me to write? And immediately the sentence came because I wasn't thinking of myself. I wasn't thinking of myself in relation to other people's reaction. I was just thinking of what had to be written. Well, this is the secret of success. I don't say I am an example of success in the books that I've written. I'm saying this is a principle which anybody using, uh, only following this, will he be able to achieve the kind of success that he is looking for. 
In other words, don't think about you and how you relate to things. Don't think about what other people want of you. Don't think about how, what other people will think of you. But lock down inside the issues involved, what it is that you have to do. Don't think in terms of, will I succeed? Will I fail? The very fact of doing it will be, to a great extent, success itself. Now, there are certain other things that we need uh, to carry through on. The first, of course, as I said, relates to your conscience, relates to doing what you really have to say, being true to your own highest ideals, true to, your, to the best that is in you. Now, there are certain other things. One is concentration. Nobody ever can succeed if he can't concentrate one-pointedly. You'll never find successful people being restless and their minds un not under their own control. Concentration, you might say, is the very key to success. Another factor is energy. Nobody can succeed who doesn't put himself really strongly with all his energy into what he's trying to do. Somebody who does a thing half-heartedly will have a half-product. You have to put all your energy out in order for the final product to reach a level that will even touch people. There's a story uh, uh, that an Indian told about a farmer, uh, two farmers, who had uh, their water rationed so that only for a certain time every day was each farm allowed to get the irrigated water. And one farmer was working very hard during that period of time that he had the water flowing. And his wife and children came and said, oh, you're working so hard, come on home and have some tiffin. And he did. The other farmer was working and uh, his wife came and said, come on, you've been working so hard, take a break. He said, don't you see what I'm doing? I've, I've only got this time to do it. Don't bother me until, until, I, until the water gets cut off. I've got to do what I'm doing. And the story was that, of course, the second one was the one who succeeded. Now, the moral of the story isn't that you succeed by shouting. The moral of the story isn't that you succeed by getting impatient with your loved ones who are trying to help you. But it certainly is that you've got to dedicate your energy and can't go halfway. That when you're going to do something, Edison, there was a beautiful story about him. Uh, I visited his home recently in Fort Myers in Florida. And there was one experiment, I forget which one, he had to go through 40,000 trials before he finally succeeded. At 20,000, one of his co-workers said to him, look, we've done 20,000, let's give up, it's, it's not going to happen, um, we've failed. And Edison said, we haven't at all failed, we've only, all we've done is find 20,000 ways it won't work. We have yet to find the way it will work. And it's famous how many experiments he made on the filament for a light bulb before he finally found the right one. I don't remember the number. I think off the top of my head it was 1,700. At any rate, that kind of work was what made him come up with the dictum that genius is 99% perspiration, only 1% inspiration. If you want to succeed, then you have to dedicate yourself to it. Decide for yourself, is this what I really need to do? 
Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about whether you fail. Even if in the process of doing your best you fail, it doesn't matter. If in the process of doing your best you die, it doesn't matter. If you have that kind of spirit, then you will succeed. You cannot but succeed in one way or another. If it doesn't produce what you're trying to do, it will produce a great man or woman. And that perhaps is the really the thing you yourself are conscious of trying to accomplish. The next thing is, therefore, not just energy, but there's a saying that my spiritual teacher, Paramahansa Yogananda, used to say is, the greater the will, the greater the flow of energy. And so it is that in order to have the kind of energy that we're talking about, there has to be will. But the trouble with will is that many people have the consciousness of willpower exerted as something very tense. And in fact, I'm talking of a kind of will that doesn't work against itself by tension. So let's use another word in this context of work, and that is enthusiasm. It's been said that nothing great was ever accomplished without enthusiasm. Now, enthusiasm doesn't mean jumping up and down and breaking the furniture. Enthusiasm, however, means a very deep-seated desire, uh, intent, um, just complete dedication. You, you have the feeling that this is going to be a great thing to do. You may be very quiet about it. In fact, usually people, the deeper the enthusiasm, the less shouting they do. But there's that deep inner drive that I want to do this, not just I've got to, but I want to. When you have that kind of enthusiasm, what it does is generate the energy that will blast away all obstacles. Now there's a mystical side to this. I don't really like the word mystical, but a lot of people will take it as that. And that is that when you put out energy, you know what happens when you put electricity through an electric uh, uh, wire? It creates a magnetic field. The stronger the electricity, the stronger the, electric, uh, the magnetic field. That's why when you're driving on the freeway and you go under high-tension wires with your radio on, you'll notice that during the time that you're close to those wires, there's a lot more static on your radio. The magnetic field is stronger. Now, that is a very apt illustration for what happens in your body and in your mind when you have the enthusiasm and the energy to uh, devote to what it is that you're trying to do. That is to say, you put the energy out and that creates magnetism. And that magnetism somehow in uncanny ways seems to attract opportunities. Now that's where I'm talking of mysticism, that somehow, you know the expression beginner's luck? There's a lot of truth to it, that people who are new, for example, at the horse races or something, they don't know the obstacles that they're up against, so there isn't that doubt in their minds. There's just that cheerful thought of, oh, I'm going to succeed, I'm going to uh, make money betting on this horse. I remember a family that uh, uh, went to the horse races in Mexico City years ago and told me about it later. And the wife and the daughter had never been to the horse races before, and the husband enjoyed going, the father enjoyed going. Anyway, the wife and daughter would bet on the horse because of that funny little spot on its nose or because they liked the way it looked or all sorts of reasons that 
had nothing to do with good bedding form, according to the father, the husband. And yet they won every time, and he, he lost every time. Somehow their expectations attracted to them the uh, success that he was missing because he had so too much sophistication to expect that things would go well. In other words, when there was that positive expectation, energy was going out in a positive way, and that generated the magnetism to attract the right answers. If you read the lives of great people, you will find that not only objectively, but also subjectively, inspiration, you put out a, a strong thought, I want to be inspired to write this symphony, I want to be inspired to have this answer, I want the... the uh, uh, solutions to this particular problem. And people who look at the problem, just sort of weighing it, well, shall I, shan't I, they don't succeed. But those people who have really succeeded are the ones who, with absolute conviction, say, I need an answer, I need a symphony, I need, need a melody, I need a, an inspiration. And they put the energy out, knowing that it'll come, and it does. You can have inspiration under the control of your own will. These are a few very simple secrets of success. I'd like to close by having our whole choir sing that same song again that I sang at the outset of this talk. Walk like a man, even though you walk alone. Why court approval once the road is known? Let come who will, but if they all stay home, the road still awaits you. Go on alone.